Hi, and welcome to the Desiree Ofori podcast. I'm so glad you found your way here today. My name is Desiree, and I'm a wife, boy mom of two, creative entrepreneur, and content creator. My mission is to help women discover a confident, bold, and faithful lifestyle. So if you're interested in authentic yet practical inspiration, plus helpful tips related to faith, family, and lifestyle, then you're definitely in the right place. So stay tuned because I've got something special just for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Desiree Ofori podcast. I am so happy to have a special guest with us today. We have Noelle Moore from the Finley Project, and we have a very special episode um, for you guys today. This month is the National Minority Mental Health Month, and it's a national campaign established to destigmatize mental illness amongst African Americans and other minority groups. With everything going on in the world right now, it is important, probably even more than ever, <laughs> to take care of our mental health. And there are some communities and some parts of mental health that people go through that are not really talked about that often. Um, one of those being depression and anxiety. Everybody knows what depression and anxiety is, and many people experience that. But depression and anxiety, they come from different different scenarios in life, whether it's a life um, experience that something happened in your life, whether it is a, you know, a chemical imbalance, there's very many different reasons why someone might deal with depression and anxiety. But today we're going to be talking about depression caused by grief of the loss of a child. And so Noelle is the founder of the Finley Project. She has had experience, personal experience with the loss of her daughter, Finley, and it sparked her desire to create a program, to create a project to help other moms who were grieving in the minutes, hours, days after experiencing that loss. So I also wanted to mention that the Black infant mortality rate is very high in the United States, as well as the Black maternal mortality rate. And I have not had personal experience with the loss of an infant, which an infant is considered from one day all the way up to a year. Um, I haven't had personal experience with it, but I have worked with my local um with a local nonprofit organization. And we have worked on trying to find out ways to help in our community to lower that rate, lower that statistic. And so I also have had friends and family um, who have experienced pregnancy loss and infant loss. And it's very tricky because even though you want to be there for them and you mean well, sometimes the most common thing that people say is, let me know if you need anything. And that is like, the worst thing <laughs> that you can say, even though you mean well, like, what are you to say in that instance? You don't know what you need. And so that's why I love the Finley Project, because it is a seven-part holistic project that meets many of the needs that um, women and families experience after the loss of a child. So I'm going to um, tell you a little bit more about Noel and the project, and then I'll have Noel share a little bit more about her if I missed anything, and then we'll get right into the episode. Today's interview is with Noelle Moore, the founder and executive director of the Finley Project. The Finley Project was founded to care for mothers who have experienced the unimaginable, the loss of an infant. 
The Finley Project team provides a true lifeline for mothers in the minutes, hours, and days after infant loss through the nation's only seven-part holistic program. Noelle resides in Maitland, Florida. Yay, Central Florida. I'm sorry, I'm that too. <laughs> and is the mother of one angel baby, Finley Elizabeth Oblander. It is her daughter that the Finley Project is named after, and we'll talk more about her personal experience of infant loss in a few. Noelle graduated from the Rollins College Philanthropy Center with a certificate in nonprofit management and enjoys taking courses at the Philanthropy Center on an ongoing basis. She loves the Lord. Yay, Jesus girl. <laughs> Her family and the Central Florida community. She is also a board member of the Winter Park YMCA, the Pregnancy and Infant Loss Resource Network at Florida Hospital, a board member of Lakeside Residential Treatment Center, along with a grief share facilitator, a member of the CEO Council, a member of the Association for Fundraising Professionals, and as well as an active member of the Winter Park Chamber and the Lake Mary Rotary. As you can already tell, <laughs> she is credentialed. <laughs> she is very credentialed. And as you can see, uh, she is a remarkable woman with a huge heart. So help me welcome Noelle to the podcast. Thank you, Noelle, for being here today. Ah, oh, that was quite an introduction. <laughs> like, uh, you are impressive. <laughs> no, no, I've decided I like to surround myself with really smart people. So, yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you are already smart for doing that. Thank you. Well, I appreciate uh, you having me and, and allowing me to share today with your with your audience and your folks. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. So, Noel, is there anything that I may have left out that you want to add that we may find interesting or may want to know more about you? I think more so about this topic that we're going to embark on today. It's the reason I do this is I want to bring awareness and, and go ahead and address the elephant in the room with grief. And really, that's my passion is to let's, let's have some conversations. Let's, let's bring this to the forefront, you know? So that's why I'm excited to be here today. Yeah. Awesome. And grief is difficult. I, if you didn't know, I have a background in mental health counseling. So I have my master's in licensed mental health counseling and I practiced as a therapist for several years before I branched off to do, you know, become an entrepreneur. But one of the hardest things to me was grief. And dealing with grief because I didn't experience, I didn't have a lot of personal experience with grief or with the loss of anyone really. And for me to deal with people like friends who may have passed away, that's always been something that I'm like, I don't know what to say because I don't know how to really, I don't know how to deal with it, even though I'm a counselor, (laughs) but there's still training. um, There's special, special training that counselors who do grief counseling, you know, that they go through. And, um, if you haven't experienced it a lot yourself, it can be kind of like tricky. Like, well, what do I say? What do I do? You want to be well-meaning, but you don't want to be like off-putting or rude or insensitive too. So I think that it's so awesome that you do work with, um, people who've dealt with grief and you're a facilitator. So that helps, that helps the audience. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one that's like, well, what do we say in these situations? Like we feel bad, but what do we say (laughs) or how do we help? And I think that's why this is so, so important to talk about. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, for those that like feel like this is such a scary topic or they're struggling with somebody that they know that's currently going through a hard time, listen, as somebody that does this full time and as Desiree's mentioning, we have to pull from our bucket of tools also. It's not always instinctual. It's not always like natural for us to have to reach out or how to reach out or what to say. So hopefully today the conversation will help kind of guide you through that. Yeah, I, I think that it will. I feel very good, very positive about it. So thank you. So let's go to the beginning, go back to the beginning with Finley and your pregnancy and um, what happened um, with, with your loss and how was it a normal pregnancy? Like was, what was going on at that, at that time? So a little bit just about my journey through life that kind of led me to where this all started happening or where all this happened was, you know, I was, um, a college athlete. Um, I loved people. I loved life and, um, I had never really known a lot of hard times before all this happened. Um, and I had a lot of business experience and some traveling and just different friends from different walks of life. But in 2013, I, I was pregnant. So I was five months pregnant, February hit and my dad, who was like my best friend, like we are super, super close. He had gone into the hospital and he died within days. Oh, wow. And I, I had never experienced grief before. Like I didn't really have anybody that died before that. Um, so to encounter grief in that way with it being my dad, like it was so overwhelming. It was, um, it was unlike anything I'd ever felt, you know, but for me, what, what happened was like his death was the end of an error per se. And then now I was pregnant with this little girl. And for me, it was just such a picture of like the circle of life, right? So here's my father passing away. And now this little one is supposed to keep me going and hopeful, you know, for the days to come, months to come. Um, and I, you know, progressed through the months after his death and I was reaching out for help because I knew I needed it. Um, and everything changed in July of 2013. Uh, I was full term and I was admitted into an area hospital. Um, it was like a beautiful day. Sun was shining. Like this baby is coming. We are going to have a beautiful delivery and everyone was waiting for her to come. Um, but my physicians made a choice that changed my life forever. And they left the property after I was in labor for about 20 five, 28 hours. And it was at that time that her heart rate started dropping and they rushed me into the OR. They prepped me, got me ready to go. And, um, there was nobody there. There was nobody there to do the emergency C-section that I needed to get her out. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that's oh my why gosh. That's why I do these things because I want to not only raise awareness about grief, but also about what happened because it's preventable. So eventually somebody got there after almost 40 minutes and got her out and she had every finger, every toe, but she had gone quite a long time without oxygen. 
So they put her on life support. Um, and that's where the next few weeks kind of unfolded for us. Um, it was horrific, you know, and that was when people started saying to me, you know, like, why wasn't there a doctor there? Like you're at a state of the art facility. It's beautiful. It's all of the things, but like, right. There's somebody there to help you. Um, so after 23 days and multiple MRIs, um, we had to make the worst decision of our lives. And I remember just telling God, like, just, if you just show off, if you just heal her, like, I promise I will always like share of that mm -hmm. experience and of your faithfulness. Um, but that's not what happened. He did not heal her in the way that I had hoped. Um, so after those 23 days, we had to remove her from life support. And here is this beautiful baby. There's nothing essentially wrong with her, but like, we have to do the most horrific thing, which is to let her go. Yeah. And, um, we had to leave her there and we walked down the NICU hallway past all these babies and down this hallway to an elevator. And now we're just standing outside into like this world. Like now, how do I deal with what I just saw and bring this new experience, this horrific experience into this world. And, um, I, I did not know how I was going to make it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I did not know at that time how you leave a child there and then have to embark on a whole new world. Like I just couldn't fathom how it would go. Yeah. It, I, I just, I'm just trying to imagine like, it's like, what now? <laughs> yeah. What, what, are, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. What am I supposed to do now? I think and so, that's, that's yeah. that, that what now, like that, what now that big question mark, like that big void is what I talk a lot about. It's this huge gap between the experience mm -hmm. and the reality, the hospital and the new life. That gap is where we as an organization step in now. Yeah. So that is an I'm so sorry that <laughs> you had to experience that. And it, especially for not saying that if there was anything wrong, you know, with her or any, you know, you know, disabilities thing that during the pregnancy that that would have made it easier, but it's still like that shock of like there you expected <laughs> everything is at home. You go home and everything's, you know, prepared and waiting for you to bring your baby girl home and there is no baby girl. So what did you do? Um, for those who have experienced this um, and who are watching, what did you what did you do when once you got home? What were the next steps for you that helped you to to progress along? So there are um, there are, there are many emotions that you feel like you said you go home and your house is still set up for a baby you are so desperate to try to understand what happened. And for me, um, I'm a very strong person. I always have been, I would say successful. I'd never been in a place to be so vulnerable to needing help, but I knew that I needed something bigger than me to help me get through this. Um, I had to eventually put my pride aside and say, I need to get some counseling. Um, that was not that was not the most comfortable for me. 
I was afraid of it. Um, my emotions were so intense. I didn't think that anybody could actually help me deal with those. Um, my anger was very strong um, at the whole situation. So I would say within the first few weeks, I started asking people to find some counselor counselors for me. Um, and within that period of time, the craziest thing happened, the, probably one of the worst parts of my story, Desiree, was my husband left. So within two weeks of her dying, my husband chose to clean out our house, take his belongings, and he was just gone. Like as if, as if couldn't be found. Um, and so now, now oh, I'm dealing oh with like, her death, the, the injustice of the way that she died. Now I'm dealing with an absent husband. Um, so I was, I was truthfully suicidal. Like I was, I wanted to end my life. Um, and I knew, like I said, I had to reach out for help. Um, so I started going to counseling. Um, I tried to find a support group, but they weren't meeting for a long time after, uh, the one support group was at a hospital where this happened. So I just didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so once again, I'm this person, like, what do you do with me? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and that's really how this whole project started was, what do you do with someone like me that loses a child? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit more about the Finley project and how you were able to get that started yeah. and what um, services are available to women who get involved with the project. You know, I asked, I'm asked a lot about people wanting to start things. And here, here's what I say to all of this. You have to believe in it so much that if 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 you get a hundred no's in a day, that you're still determined to make it happen. And that's where I was. I never wanted another mother to walk the journey the way that I did. So that's how that propelled me into making sure that nothing would stop me. Um, and so the Finley project started because I felt initially that women needed counseling. And I felt like, you know, who, who in the world can afford counseling? A lot of people don't uh, necessarily understand it or want it. So mm -hmm. I felt like if I could help women go, right, right. Then, then that would be my giving back, you know. Uh, however, when I initially started to do that, the first person I tried to help on my own, she was like, listen, I'm not, I don't know about counseling. Like I, I was living in the Ronald McDonald house for four months. I don't have food. My house is a disaster. I, I'm not there yet, right this second. And so I took a step back and I was like, how do we help women in the initial days, hours, and then eventually get them into long-term like supportive environments? That's how the Finley Project started. Uh, it, it started developing into an actual whole program of services. Okay. So did you start with like the counseling piece because it's a seven part. So you started with the counseling piece and then as time went on, you were able to pull in different pieces to make it a whole program. Um, I actually, I actually rolled out the entire thing from the beginning um, okay. as a nonprofit. So the seven things include help planning the funeral because who can, you know, plan a child's funeral. Uh, we provide uh, meal gift cards, house cleaning, massage therapy, the counseling piece, 
we find a support group for them to get into, and then we connect them with a peer that's gone through a similar type of loss. So that's the entire kind of a wraparound program. I love that you have peers. So the peers, are they people who have already gone through the program or it could be anyone who wants to be, you know, volunteers to be a part? That is the, to me, that's kind of the glue that keeps us all together. It's, it keeps this whole thing together. These are women that some have gone through our program and are now giving back, which is awesome. Uh, some are women that just have like a past experience losing a child. Um, others are just people that have a heart for grief, but I would say a majority have gone through that experience. And you know, what's amazing about this. I, um, I love watching a woman say, Hey, I made it. So can you, you know, um, we are very intentional about trying to pair people together that have gone through similar experiences or have similar walks of life. And, mm -hmm. and so that they can say, Hey, like, you know, some of what I'm going through besides just the loss. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Could you break down those seven um, parts again and how each one is, you know, vital. So if there is somebody who thinking, well, I just need counseling, but they don't realize how all these other parts are helpful, helpful too. Could you bring, break down each one for us? Sure. So it's kind of designed to where the physical part is, is addressed and then it moves into the more emotional side. So the funeral planning part, um, you know, a lot of us, you know, we plan for a parent to pass away or to die or somebody older. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and with a child, how, how in the world do you plan something for a child? How do you honor them and often their short life, but also, you know, make it meaningful. So we help with, planning that. Um, so the gift cards would be the next thing for meals. Um, you know, some people don't have anything. Some people don't have any community. Some people um, are not connected into a church or into a business environment. There's, there's ladies that we helped that um, were in the military. And so they traveled quite a bit and, you know, were very transient. Um, there's women that are just, they're just more in, you know, into, um, into their family life and they just haven't, don't have that. So we felt like, you know, the least we can do is offer them some meals and some gift cards to relieve, relieve that burden. Um, the next thing that we do is the, the house cleaning. So this is something that I think probably makes us pretty unique. Um, when you're going through a loss, I don't know about the folks that are listening, but sometimes the last thing you, you, you don't care about anything around you like survival mode at that point. <laughs> I mean, if you can, you know, brush your teeth, maybe take a shower, you know, you, you really, that stuff, the things that used to bother you sometimes just don't bother you anymore because nothing matters. Um, and so we want to give women a sense of dignity, like back to their home and back to their, their place that should be relaxing. Um, so that's why the cleaning is super important. Um, it's not frivolous by any means. I mean, this is, this is giving them, you know, a clean environment to live in often, you know? Um, and then, so the massages are something that I wanted to make sure we included. Once again, it's not frivolous. It's really one of the only times like that women can recover and rest and sometimes even fall asleep. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I remember going to get a massage after she died and it was probably the first time that I felt a sense of relief, peace, um, you know, not just, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. Um, I know a lot of the women too think about you just had a baby and you're recovering. Yeah. You know, if it's that one hour of relaxation, mm-hmm. you know, or to be taken care of or, you know, comforted. I mean, I, I just think the benefits of the massages are far outweigh what I think sometimes people think. Um, and, uh, you know, the counseling going into that, um, it's so important to have some tools initially to help carry you through the long haul, because here's a reality. This never goes away. Mm-hmm. Okay. It doesn't just, it's not just erased. And then you get to start over a do-over this new pain, this new thing that you experienced is with you till the day that you're called home. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important for people to understand that when you lose a child, it is unlike to me, it's unlike any, any pain I've ever felt. And you have to figure out what to do with that pain or else it's going to manifest in very, very unhealthy and negative ways. Um, And, you know, one of the other things that I think is super important is to get women around other women. Okay. So like you and I could sit across from each other and we could share our stories in a support group and you may not look anything like me, (laughs) Uh, but the, the commonality is that pain. The commonality is you need hope to keep going Mm -hmm. without hope. There's no way to keep going. Right. Right. So we really try to get our ladies into support groups. Um, And then the last thing is connecting them with someone that's gone through something similar. Uh, You know, I kind of touched on that, but in order to know that you're going to make it, sometimes it helps to see kind of the finish line, right? Like what it could look like. And so it's really important for us to connect uh, moms with someone that's, that's, that can say, Hey, I've made it. Yeah. So that's all the, the seven parts in a somewhat of a nutshell. That's awesome. I, it sounds very thought out. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you said, nothing is just, oh, let's just throw this in and let's just throw this in. Like they all have a purpose and it being like all in, encompassing like that, just like, like you meet all the parts in, in one place. So, which makes it so convenient because instead of trying to find all these different things on your own, you can just come to the Finley project and get everything, you know, that you need or refer a mom or, you know, so speaking of referring, like, I know you guys are nationwide and you're in how many states, how many states are you available in? We can help in any state, but we have moms that represent 33 states currently. Wow. That's awesome. And how long have you guys been around? So we started in 2014. Wow. So years. Wow. That's awesome. That is so awesome. So you, you guys hear it, 33 states, and but they can help in any state that you're in. And so um, I definitely just going to put in the plug right now, <laughs> recommend that you go to the website and it's the finleyproject.org. Yes. The finleyproject.org. So, um, wow. And like I was saying before, it's nice that you don't have to go looking for these things in all different places that you can just come to one place. So if someone wanted to, you know, recommend a mom 
to, you know, be a part of the program, um, how would they do that? What is the best way to do that? And is there a cost to the mom to be a part of it? So in order to um, kind of refer a mom or have her, you know, reach out to us, just they go to the website and under the contact us tab, there's a program application and it's, it's, it's designed for the mom or the husband and or both to complete the application. And that kind of gets the ball rolling. Um, as far as a cost to um, be a part of the program, there is no cost to our mothers at all. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so one less thing you have to worry about. <laughs> right, I agree, yes. One less so thing. I, you know, Desiree, you were touching on something about, uh, about that it's all in one spot. And when people are depressed or, or especially after loss with grief on top, um, you can't even think straight. Mm-mm. You don't know what you need. And for us, this is designed and it's very, we are very process driven in a lot of ways so that we can help push mothers into the next thing, help guide them into what they need after one service, they can move into the next service. So we essentially help them kind of become a brain for them, help them Mm -hmm. think through after loss. That's awesome. And I like how you said, like you take it from like one step to the next. So it's not like okay, here's, here's this program. Here's everything all at once. You assess like what they need and then go from there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And how long can someone be in the program? Uh, our program is designed to help from 20 weeks gestation all the way up through two. And okay. we really focus on the immediate, the ladies that have lost and we try to get to them right away. So if a woman has lost they have about 60 days to get into the program. Okay. Okay. So those are, those services really function or meant to be used like within the first 60 days after a loss. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So if anybody is watching this, this is helpful. Even if you're like, I don't know anybody now, but sometime down the road, you're going to meet somebody Mm -hmm. who has experienced the infant loss. And this is a great resource to keep in the back of your mind to bookmark, um, you know, to save in your contacts to have somebody, you know, reach out to them. So if I was in a position where I had a friend who just lost a child, just went through this, and I want to tell them about the program, what are I'm not even just telling about the program yet, but like what's as somebody on the outside, you know, how, what is like, let's say the top three things that you would say um, an outsider can do to help or to say, to support a mom um, who's grieving from Uh, infant loss. Great. That's a great question. And that goes back to having a couple tools to pull from, because once again, this is not natural for most of us, Right. Uh, here's the, here's the deal guys. Do not avoid this person. Okay. When you see them, it is okay to say, Hey, I don't even know what to say right now, but I'm here. It's okay to say, I don't know what to say. Okay. Number one, I don't know what to say. Number two, I can't even imagine. It's okay to say that. I can't even imagine. I don't understand. And I don't know why this happened. So that's kind of lumped into number two. So like, I can't even imagine, I don't understand. I don't know why this happened. Uh, Number three, 
sometimes just be there. If they want to watch TV and they just want somebody around, you can just go and sit and be quiet. You don't have to have all the answers. There's no answers often, right? This is a mm -hmm. long journey. It is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Uh, so I would say that the top three things would be just tell them you don't know what to say. The second thing would be like, you can say, I don't understand it. I don't know why, you know, I can't even imagine. And then the last thing would be just be there with them and just sit with them. And then practically apart from what we do in, in our program, a lot of times what happens is there's so many people around when it first happens, mm -hmm. grandmothers in town, mom, sister, brother, cousin, all of the, all of the above. What they, what, what most people need is it's down, down the road, the long haul. Okay. Um, I have a friend that every 25th of every month since she died, will send me a text with just a heart or a bow or something. Uh, so a great way to do that is just set a reminder on your phone mm -hmm. for a particular day, whether it's Friday of every week or once a month for, we're talking, you know, the year or two to follow you know, just to follow yeah. up with them and let them know that they're not forgotten. I think that's awesome. I, I just did that for a friend of mine. Um, they lost a family member. It wasn't infant related, but like you said, people are always there in the beginning and I'm kind of like, ah, oh, shy away because <laughs> I don't know what to say. But then I'm always thinking about them, you know, you know, in the months afterwards when I know everything's, you know, have quieted down. I was going to say died. I'm like, that's like the worst thing to say right now when everything has quieted down a bit. Um, I'm always still thinking about them and I'm like, well, you know, just want you to know I might, I might send a text or, you know, I may not even say anything, but I am still praying for them. And sometimes I feel weird. Like, should I let them know that I'm still, you know, is that going to make them feel like it's going to bring back emotions or anything? But from what I'm hearing you saying, like, no, that is, that is helpful. Even if it does bring up emotions, because Grief can hit you at any point. You think that you're fine. And then one day you never know what can trigger you. And your next thing you know, you're bawling, crying. It's happened with me, um, with my grandfather. It's like thinking about like, I can go days and weeks and months fine. And then something will hit. And it's like, here come the tears as if it just happened. So to know that somebody is still thinking of you, you're saying like, it's okay. to so you reach out and be like, Hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. Or I'm, I said a prayer for you today. Um, and to know, like, you don't have to say anything like long winded or <laughs> just a simple that heart. Like, I, I love that. And I know for moms um, in, in the online community, at least, I know one of the symbols is the elephant um, with the heart because the elephant represents like because when elephants, when they lose their their child, uh, the other moms, they rally around them. And I just think that is just so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so beautiful. So even if you didn't know that before, if you want to send them, you can send them the elephant in a heart. It's like, I'm rallying. I'm a, I'm a sister with you in this. I don't know how it feels. Um, and I can't imagine, like you said, but I'm here with you if you ever need a listening ear or any kind of support. Like you don't have to be an expert at this or have a lot of experience to still show that you care and to sh still be able to show up for somebody. And it's okay to feel shy and nervous. And like, I don't really know what to say, but to feel the confidence, like, Hey, I, they are on my heart and I want to let them know <laughs> that yeah. they are not alone. That's the most important thing. You don't have to have all the words or know everything to say, mm -hmm. just showing up 
you know, with a text or a heart or the elephant um, mm-hmm. to let somebody know that you're thinking of them is very important and helpful. Yeah. And I think Desiree, to that point, you know, at the end of the day, it's really not about you, right? It's not about, it's not about me, the supportive person. And I really encourage everybody, you know, when you're in this place of walking with people and trying to be a friend, get thick skin. Mm-hmm. When you send that text and they don't respond, don't get mad. Right. When you right. mail a card and they don't even say thank you, don't get upset. Some of these people, including myself, we were barely hanging on. Mm-hmm. We had nothing left, nothing. So I would just encourage people remember it's really not about you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing a post by another friend who had experienced infant loss years ago. I didn't know her back then, but she had made a post about how the same thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the last thing you're trying to, you want to do. It's like, she felt like she had to encourage other people who were, you know, supposed to be encouraging her. Like, it's okay. Like, and to me, like reading that, it's like, oh wait, that is very backwards. Like, how dare we? <laughs> mm-hmm. How dare how dare we, you know, do that? And I don't think people intentionally are doing it, but um just to keep that in mind, like it's not about you, you know. It's okay if they don't answer the text. It's like even after you give birth and you have, you know, the baby and you come back home, that fourth trimester, the, you know, you're just still trying to figure out and <laughs> work out this new life and the adjustment to your life. Mm-hmm. So if people don't answer back, you know, giving them grace um, and just like, you know, they'll get to me when they do. And if they never do, that's fine. At least I did my part. I know that I did my part and I reached out. Mm-hmm. So that's so important. Yeah. So wrapping up, um, how can people donate and help fund um, the program since it is free some others I know it costs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how can people support, how can businesses or individuals um, support the project? As the only organization of its kind in the entire country, we need help. We really need help. Every mom that we support costs us almost $1,500. Um, and there's multiple ways to give, but on the website is super easy. And I mean, for us being a smaller nonprofit, every dollar literally matters. Um, you know, these moms are just to watch their lives be transformed because they've gotten the help to try to put them in a place that's, that's a good place, you know, to watch them go on to have their other babies, their rainbow babies, or to watch marriages that were in shambles be restored. Like to me, that's why we do this, you know? So if anybody's interested in giving, please go online. Um, Also, if you're interested in volunteering, if you've lost a child, uh, whether it's last year or 20 years ago, we need volunteers and you can email us on our website as well for that. Awesome. And how about um, professionals that can help the professionals that meet the different seven parts of the program? So a counselor or a cleaning service or a massage therapist um, or even like somebody may have a grocery store, they can send groceries. Like how, um, how can professionals get involved? We are always looking for different counselors and obviously gift cards and such. All of that information is on our website. So you can contact me and we can talk Um, gift cards. We love any type of gift card, Publix, Target, any of the above would be awesome. 
So that would be great. And Desiree, one last thing I want to leave leave everybody with. I know I had mentioned about there wasn't staffing on property. And this is kind of my education to all women like listening to this. The reason she died was because there was no OB on property. And um, as a result of her death, I wanted to make sure that no other child died that way. Um, and so I worked with this hospital system to develop an OB hospitalist program. And they hired 26 OBs and midwives that now work full time at this hospital system. Um, I guess what I'm saying is it's really important for women to understand the staffing structure at their hospital, at the delivering hospital, to ask the questions, is there a full-time OB here? Mm -hmm. Is there a, a neonatologist on property? Like those are really important questions to ask. Yeah, that is important. I was my youngest, with both of my kids, I never, I didn't have my regular OB <laughs> mm -hmm. deliver and you know, I don't, I don't know if they would ever hear this, but I, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I settled in a bit, you know, of who I ended up going with, but, um, I was so glad and relieved when it came to delivery that it actually wasn't them. And the people that I did have that was on staff were the ones who delivered me. Cause they were, they were amazing. So don't be afraid if, um, your doctor is not the one who delivers for you or your midwife. Um, you know, I, that's why I think it is like you're saying it's important even um, to, yes, ask, you know, if there's anybody full time, but even ahead of time, if you can look up those doctors who they have on full, you know, full time. So you can kind of familiarize yourself, even if you never meet them, it might make you feel like, oh, I, I've seen their picture or, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, bring some kind of familiarity because in that moment you're like everybody and anybody's coming in and you don't know who is who <laughs> mm -hmm. and it can kind of freak you out. Like, I don't know, just, just get this baby or do what we need to do to, you know, help my child come, you know, come out safely. But, um, my second, my first one had an OB. The second one was the hospital's um, midwife. And when she said, I'm, I'm the midwife. And I was like, I got a midwife. <laughs> that's what I really wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and she was amazing. My doctor didn't have time. I think she was on vacation and everything just happened so fast um, that there wasn't time to get her, get her in. Within 30 minutes of getting there, he was delivered. So I can't imagine like, being there and not having somebody being able to, you know, to help out. I mean, um, yeah, I think that's what I hear. Sometimes, oh. will, sometimes women will say things like, well, I don't want a doctor. I don't know. And I said, listen, I would much rather a doctor. I don't know than being in the position I am with a child mm -hmm. passed away. So it's, it's, it's okay. You know? Yeah. 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 Whether it's the midwife or the OB, if it's, you know, praying for somebody who is capable. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and that is something um, that's something that I did in both of my pregnancies. I was very um, adamant about just praying about my birth team because, again, the high I didn't, and I didn't know it at the time of my first, but how high the black maternal um, mortality rate is and the infant mortality rate. You just never every you can have everything perfectly planned in your birth plan and have everything set up. But in that moment, like you're really at their mercy of whoever it is that is, you know, caring for you. And so I would encourage you, anybody who is pregnant, or if you're not pregnant yet, and you're trying to get pregnant, you want to one day to start praying about your birth team, whether it is who you want 
to be there or not, that whoever it does show up in your time of need, that they're exactly who you need. Um, there's no, there's nothing wrong with praying in advance, (laughs) well in advance for, for your team. And that, um, they're the people that are the right, they're there. They are the right people who need to be there for you and, um, that they're caring and they are not just, this is not just another number of a baby or, or a woman, but that they're really, they really do care for you regardless. Because I know some people are like, well, I only want to, that's a whole nother you know, story. I only want to do it in this place or that place. But at the end of the day, you just want to make sure that you have quality people there for you. So mm-hmm. thank you so much, Noel. I appreciate uh, you. Besides the website, um, thefinleyproject.org, where else can people find you or follow you? We're on um, Instagram, The Finley Project, and on Facebook as well, Finley Project. Awesome. All right, you guys, there you have it. Thank you again, Noelle, for being here and just sharing your story. And I'm telling you, it sounds so cliche to always say it. Things happen for a reason. But um, I'm so sad and like it hurts my heart that the Finley Project had to be birthed out of your daughter's loss. But I just I just want to admonish you and um, say thank you for reaching out of your grief out of your loss to help other women i feel feel a little t- yeah, t- yeah. Me cry. <laughs> um i will just say desiree to piggyback off of that you know with my faith i knew that god called me to make meaning out of my tragedy and if my only child had to die so others could live i will take that <laughs> i will take that you know so i appreciate your kindness Today. Thank you for your obedience to the call. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you are changing so many lives. So thank you. I don't know why I just got so emotional. <laughs> yes, me too. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for tuning in. And thank you again, Noelle. You have a beautiful day. Thank you, guys. Hey there, I just wanted to pop back in and say thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If there was anything that resonated with you or something that you learned new, please feel free to share it on social media and tag me. I would love to give you a shout out. Also, if you have not already taken the time to go to Apple iTunes, it just takes a couple of seconds to leave a rating and a review. I would so appreciate it. That way, Apple iTunes knows to let other people know about us and that there are some great things going on over here well that's all I've got for you today thanks again have a great one